I want to invite you this morning to look in the Bible at Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah is kind of in a difficult place and he's praying and he's looking to God for some answers and he's building himself up during this glorious prayer. And in verse 17, he says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. And there is nothing too hard for thee. Don't you know that's a great way to start out a prayer? The Amplified says it this way. There is nothing too hard or too wonderful for you. You know, you ask people sometimes, and how wonderful would it be if you had a body free of pain? If your car was paid off? All of the kids' tuitions were paid in full? Your home was paid off? And you had a household free of strife? How wonderful would that be? Somebody said, oh man, that, Pastor Mark, that'd be wonderful, but it's, it just seems like it's, it's too wonderful, but it's not too wonderful for God. Come on, say it with me real strong. Nothing, Nothing is too wonderful for Him. And then, of course, the Lord responds to Jeremiah's prayer. I'm glad we serve a God that hears our prayers and answers our prayer. Now notice with me in verse 27, how he responded to the prayer. He said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too difficult for him? I mean, in your situation, in your circumstance... If you invite the King of Glory to come in, there'll be nothing too difficult for Him to do on your behalf. Now we see this in Matthew chapter 19. This is on the heels of Jesus inviting the rich young ruler to follow Him. And of course, He said, I've kept all your commandments from my youth. Jesus said, now go sell what you have and give to the poor. Well, what did the rich young ruler do? He left Jesus, decided not to follow him because the scripture said he had great possessions. We could say it this way, that great positions had him. And you will find that the saddest people in the world, they might be multimillionaires, they may be billionaires. If Jesus is not their Lord and first place in their life, there is sadness in their life. Listen, friends, material blessing cannot buy peace. So he went away sad. And of course, Jesus said, you know, to his disciples, they were sitting by and they were watching exactly what he did. He said, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And uh, he went on to say, the, the disciples went on to say, well, they got really sad and they said, well, who then can be saved? Now notice this with me. In verse 26, but Jesus beheld them. He looked at them and he said unto them, with men, this is impossible. In other words, with men, it can't be done. 
But with God, all things are possible. In other words, with God, it can be done. Now, you and I have to decide on a regular basis, who are we with? Your believing and your faith connects and determines who you are with. Choose you this day, here at Heart of the Bay, who are you with? The best response that you can give is this, I'm with God, I'm with God, I'm with God. I'm with God all the way. I have heard what he has had to say. I've seen him move on my behalf time and time again. And I am with him. Too numerous are the times where we have heard, Oh, that's just not possible. That's impossible. That just cannot happen. Again, impossible means it can't be done. But Jesus is saying, with God, all things can be done. I want to pull up a... Now, this will minister to you in your home. It will minister to you in your finances. It will minister to you about a physical situation you may be going through. You just need to get this down in your spirit. I'm with God and it can be done. Not only are you with God, but God is with you. And He's for you. Notice the Weist translation of this in verse 26. He said now, in the presence of... And Jesus, having turned His eyes upon them, and having considered them, said to them, in the presence of men, as man look at this. It's impossible. As man looks at this, It can't be done. But oh, in the presence of God, as he looks at this, all things are possible. I want you to keep that verse up there right now. Glory to God. I believe that God wants to do some great things in your lives, in your families, and in this church. Come on, somebody. But a major key to receiving is to be able to see as he sees and how he sees. And folks, to be honest with you, it takes getting into the presence of God to see what he sees and how he sees it. If you spend all of your days in the presence of men by listening to what they have to say, By listening to all their fears. By listening to all their recitals of all these circumstances that are going on. It will drain you of spiritual strength. We are not to spend our days and our years in the presence of what men have to say. And that is both unbelievers and unbelieving believers. But if you want to be able to get into the land, if it can be done, you got to switch gears and go from the presence of men right into the presence of God. Oh, because in the presence of the Lord, there's a fullness of joy. And the joy comes by what you hear, by what you see in the presence of God. 
Woo, it can be done. I said it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. Woo, glory. Being in the presence of God will take the apostrophe T off of can't and put you into the land of can. Because well, I don't have time to be in the presence of God. You and I don't have time not to be in the presence of God. Read that last part with me. In the presence of men, as man look at this, it is impossible. But in the presence of God, as he looks at this, whoo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it takes practicing the presence of God as a way of life. Not just when you feel like it. Not just on Sunday. But every day of your life. Press through the pressure. And come on into the presence of God. For this is what it will take for you and me to see as He sees. And to see how He sees it. Come on somebody. Look at Matthew chapter 13. And we notice here in verses 14 through 16. 14 through 16. He says, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. That's not you, right? For this people's heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Listen folks, the spirit of this world and the lullabies of the spirit of this world will put you to sleep and make you unaware of spiritual things. But you and I, we're not of this world. We are of God. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Jesus said, he that hath ears to hear, and should get understanding with their heart or with their spirit, and be converted or be changed and I should heal them. Now, verse 16, I want you to look at this. And I want you to understand that you and I are not under the curse. We are in the blessing. The blessing of Abraham is yours. The blessing belongs to the people of God. And here's what Jesus himself said about the blessing. He said... But blessed are your eyes. Put your hand over your eyes and say, but blessed are my eyes, for they see. And my ears, for they hear. It takes the blessing of God on my eyes and your eyes and on your ears to look and to hear and to see what others do not. Now that's not a put down on others. 
We're not putting down others. But we want to make sure that we are those who are blessed and have eyes to see and ears to hear. In the book of Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 12. Of course, one translation says the hearing ear and the seeing eye. The Lord has made both of them. But look at this. Ears to hear and eyes to see. What are they? It's a gift. It's a gift. When you go to the Philippines... And you see what others do not about the nation of the Philippines. And you see all that God has done and desires to do. That's a gift from God. When you are laying in your bed. And the spirit of the Lord speaks to you about a situation that you're going through. You did not understand or know what to do. But all of a sudden in the midnight hour the spirit of God speaks to you. And you know exactly what to do. Folks that's the blessing. And that is a gift from God. Eyes to see. Ears to hear. Are a gift from God. Many of you are not partaking of that gift. But it is time now to step up and to step in to the word and to the presence of God. And receive all of the gifts that God's got for you. Eyes to see. Ears to hear. See, it's a gift. When you see what everyone else sees... And they're saying it can't be done. But you have eyes to see that it can be done. Woo, hallelujah. It can be done. It can be done. Jesus, after the temptation in the wilderness, after he put the devil on the run, he gave us an example how to do it. You take the written word of God and whoop up on his backside. You can talk that way here. But he went into the synagogue one day and he opened the book where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me And then he lists several things that he was anointed to do. And one of the last things he said that that anointing would do, because the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, he said, I'm anointed to preach recovering of sight. Recovering of sight to the blind. Now that is naturally speaking. But there are a lot of of Christians who need their spiritual sight recovered. There's visions, there's dreams that have died. It's time now for recovery of sight to happen so you can see once again and hear once again and fulfill everything that God's got for you. Listen, folks, that's true in ministry. That's true in family. That's true in finance. That's true in every area of your life. He's come to recover your sight. Hallelujah. 
Now remember blind Bartimaeus? Blind Bartimaeus was in a bad situation. But he heard that Jesus was walking by. And he must have heard some glorious things about the master. He must have heard that Jesus went about doing good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And so blind Bartimaeus by the wayside. Here's what he said. He cried out and he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Or have compassion on me. Now notice with me in verse 51. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. This is too precious of a message for you to be sleeping. You can't stay awake in a service like that. You you desperately need help. Stir yourself up. I love you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. You can't stay awake in church, my Lord. What are you going to do when the doctor gives you a bad report? In verse 51, And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should, that should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. This is natural blindness, but this needs to be our prayer. Lord, that I may see as you see. Put your hand over your heart and pray this with me. Lord God, I desire the blessing of the Lord on my eyes. Lord, my prayer today is that I may receive my sight. And I know that this gets repetitive. But I want to remind you that it comes by getting into the presence of God. Because in the presence of God, as He looks at it, all things are possible. That means it can be done. So spend enough time in the Word. Spend enough time in church. Spend enough time in prayer so that he can change how you see. You see, praise and prayer bring us into his presence. Come on, somebody. I said prayer and praise brings us into his presence. But then... In his presence, there comes change. What kind of change, Pastor? We get a change of our perception and a change of our perspective. Prayer will open our eyes. And that's why the Apostle Paul prayed this in Ephesians 1.18. He said that the eyes of your understanding... The eyes of your spirit man may be enlightened. Literally, what this is saying about enlightened, that the eyes of your heart may be flooded with light. When the eyes of your heart are flooded with light, it will give you insight. When the eyes of your heart are flooded with 
Oh, hallelujah. Light. Light. In other words, when the lights come on, you can see. That's right. If you had walked into this building at 3 a.m., if you had a key and you went into the sanctuary, you would not be able to see because it was very dark. And too many Christians have their lives darkened by circumstance. It's time for the lights to go on. I said it's time for the lights to go on. And when the lights go on, brother and sisters, you're able to see. Glory to God. So he prays here, the eyes of your understanding, may they be flooded with light. Let's pray that right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray the eyes of my understanding, that they would be flooded with light, that I may see, and that I may know, and that I may understand. Help me, Lord. To see the circumstance the way you see it. Hallelujah. God's word will enable you to see. For the entrance of his word, it gives light. The entrance of his word enables us to see what's going on around me the way he sees it. You see, the way that he sees your children that are rebellious right now, the way that he sees them is he sees them saved. He sees them filled with the Spirit. He sees them serving God. The way that he sees your financial situation... He sees it through the lens of his word, which says, I'll meet their need according to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's the way he sees things. If you want to see things the way he sees them, get into his presence, get into his word. The lights will go on. Hallelujah. And it'll give you understanding. And I'm not talking about just taking a promise out of the promise box once a week. Well, let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Let's see what's going on in the kingdom today. Ooh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, that's good and that's true. But one promise a week isn't enough to keep you full. Just like one meal a month ain't enough. We need to be taking in copious doses and copious amounts of the Word of God. Somebody says, I'm so confused, I'm so confused, I'm so confused. Get out of the land confusion and get into the land of the knowing, get into the land of light and begin to see as He sees. How about a test, a trial? A fiery test you're going through. How does he see that? How does he see those tests? Listen, folks. He does not see you going down. He sees you going through the test. And in the test, the Spirit of God and the Spirit of glory coming upon you in such a way that when you go through the test and get on the other side, you got a testimony for the goodness and greatness of God. 
don't quit during the test. Get in the Word, get in the presence, and begin to rest. Hallelujah. How does God see this 350,000? He sees it done. I said, He sees it done. I see it done. I call it done. Now listen, folks. When you get over into those areas where you begin to see what he sees, in order to seize what he sees, you need to then start calling those things which be not as though they were. Faith sees the answer. Faith seizes the answer. Faith calls it done before it's done. Faith praises while the walls are still up. Faith rejoices. Hallelujah. Hey, come on somebody. Though you see him not, yet you believe and you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Woo! Hallelujah. I see it. I receive it. And I seize it. I call it done. I call it done. Faith always ends with the glad confession. It's mine. I have it now. Come on, somebody. Say it with me strong. It's mine. I have it now. The healing is mine. I have it now. The money is mine. I have it now. The joy is mine. I have it now. Hallelujah. Getting on the other side of the test is mine. I have it now. Woo! Aren't you glad that every test we go through has an expiration date? It has an expiration date. And my brothers and sisters, not only will you be able to see as he sees and hear as he sees, as he sees it and know it can be done, you'll also become aware of the fact that there are forces working for you that you can't even see with your natural eye. If God, woo, if God were to open up our natural eyes, our spiritual eyes, we'd see all around this building the angels of the Lord. They're sent forth. To minister for us who are heirs of salvation. Jerry Savelle had an experience with angels. He was on the road and his car broke down. He was out in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden a tow truck pulls up. He says, can I help you? He says, yes. Can you tow my truck to a place where I can get my car fixed? He says, I'm going to do what I'm sent here to do. Jerry didn't get it. They pulled into a old cafe area and an old garage looked closed down the cafe was open but this guy towed his truck there opened up the garage with a key took his car into the garage fixed it real quick not only did he fix it when he brought it outside he took it to the gas dump and filled it up with gas and brother jerry said can i pay you sir can i pay you he says i'm just doing what i've been sent to do he still didn't get it. Months later, he's going the same route to Oklahoma City from Texas. He says, I'm going to pull into that cafe. And I'm going to find the owner. And I'm going to thank him for what he did. He pulled into that cafe and he says, can I see the owner? He says, I'm the owner. It wasn't the same guy. 
He said, I just want to thank the owner because somebody stopped on the road, took my car into your garage and fixed it. And when they were done fixing it, filled it up with gasoline. The owner said, no, sir, no way. This isn't the right place. You're wrong. It's not the, not the cafe. It's a different place. He said, I know this is the place. He says, sir, that garage has been closed for years. And he said, there hasn't been any gasoline in those pumps for years. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. All of a sudden, Jerry knew that scripture. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them? Who are heirs of salvation. See what he sees. Hear what he is saying to you. Seize what he sees. Seize what you see. Call the things that be not as though they were. Don't limit him. He's given his angels charge over you. I'm telling you right now, the angels are working, bringing the money in. I said, the angels are working, bringing the money in. Just like we got a nice offering from the East Coast of people that don't even attend this church. We are not limited to what our God can do. In closing, I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. Thank you, Lord, for utterance. In verse 8, the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. Verse 9, And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. They're the enemy. How many of you know there's an enemy coming down against us? And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him and saved himself there not once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants, called them on the carpet and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? Verse 12. And one of the servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. I guess Elisha was connected. The children of Israel didn't perish because Elisha was in the presence. And he heard what he needed to hear. And he said in verse 13, and he said, go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And I was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dathan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night. The enemy comes to what? Steal, to kill, and destroy. He is the author of darkness. And he came by night and compassed the city about. The word compass there means the whole city was surrounded. Now here's what surrounded means. Surrounded meant to them, like it means to many of you here today, that there's just no way out. Surrounded means that I'm in a rut. Surrounded means it can't 
be done. This is the enemy's lie, and this is the enemy's tactic. Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, he got up early, and went forth, and behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? In other words, in plain old California talk, what in the world are we going to do? Our answer is not in the world, it's in the word. And by the grace of God, I am eliminating that phrase out of my life. What are we going to do? You know what that stems from? That stems from doubt and fear. And it stems from unbelief. And I have caught myself in it. And my days of thinking that way and talking that way, you hear me? They're over with. And I know that if I've yielded to that before, there might be one or two else that have. What are we going to do? And then on the heels of what are we going to do comes the pressure to work it out ourselves. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Then all of a sudden, the mind gets going. And the pressure comes. The only way to get rid of that pressure again is go into His presence. Press through that pressure by going into His presence and His presence will stop the enemy dead in His tracks. Are you hearing this message today? What are we going to do? Verse 16. And He answered and said... Fear not, for they that be with us, <laughs> they that be with us, if you're with God, they that be with you, are more than they that be with them. The servant thought that Elisha perhaps had been out in the sun too long the day before. And he looks at Elisha and he goes, one, two. And he looks out and sees the enemy. And he's thinking, what in the world are we going to do? Well, Elisha knew what was going on. Notice with me in verse 17. And this is our prayer. And Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray. Open his eyes. Open his eyes. That he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw. And behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Round about like. Is that the answer to the prayer? Or is that the answer to the prayer? Folks, understand this, that they were there all the time. And through spiritual sight, the servant saw what Elisha knew all the time. I just want to say to you this morning, that what you feel like is surrounding you is actually being surrounded. 
What you feel like is surrounding you and pressuring you. There's a presence and there's heaven's help that will come between us and the pressure of this life. Lord, my prayer for myself and for this great group of people that you would open our eyes. That you would open our ears. For we know that the hand of the Lord is upon us for good. Well, did you get anything out of this message today? Let's all stand to our feet.